The first reading today is Acts chapter 4 verses 32 to 35. All the believers were united in heart and mind, and they felt that what they owned was not their own, so they shared everything they had. The apostles testified powerfully to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and God's great blessing was upon them all. There were no needy people among them, because those who owned land or houses would sell them and bring the money to the apostles to give to those in need. And the next uh, reading is Revelation chapter 3, verses 14 to 20. The message to the church in Laodicea. Write this letter to the angel of the church in Laodicea. This is the message from the one who is the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of God's new creation. I know all the things you do, that you are neither hot nor cold. I wish that you were one or the other. But since you are like lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. You say, I am rich. I have everything I want. I don't need a thing. And you don't realize that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. So I advise you to buy gold from me, gold that has been purified by fire. Then you will be rich. Also, buy white garments from me so that you will not be shamed by your nakedness an ointment for your eyes so that you will be able to see. I correct and discipline everyone I love, so be diligent and turn from your indifference. Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. And Matthew 5 verse 6, the fourth beatitude. God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice, for they will be satisfied. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word. Let's also just uh, pray before I bring the message. Lord, open our hearts and our minds to your scriptures. These uh, readings we've had today, help us see what you are calling us to as a church, as a body of Christ, and as individuals. And help us not to be lukewarm about it, but to serve you passionately. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, has anyone ever been in a situation that they are literally dying of starvation or thirst? I'm going to start with a story um, about another situation where there are New Zealanders, in fact, um, dying of thirst. Uh, and this interesting enough, uh, situates over in Palestine where there's war at the moment. So this is during the liberation of Palestine in World War I, and a combined force of British, Australian and New Zealand soldiers was closely pursuing the Turks as they retreated from the desert. As the Allied troops moved northward past Beersheba, they began to get well ahead of the water-carrying camel train. All their water was well behind them. And when the water ran out, their mouths got dry, their heads ached, and they became dizzy and faint. Eyes became bloodshot, lips swelled and turned purple, and mirages became common. They knew that if they did not make the wells of Sharia by nightfall, 
thousands of them would die, as hundreds had already done so. They're literally fighting for their lives, um, and they, fortunately they managed to drive the Turks from Sharia so they could get to the water like you see up in this big system here. So as water was distributed from the great stone systems, the more abled were required to stand at attention and wait for the wounded and those who would take guard duty to drink first. It was four hours before the last man got to have a drink. During that time, the men stood uh, no more than from me to Rebecca here, away from thousands of gallons of water to drink, which had been their consuming passion for many days. And one of the officers there wrote down and reported. He said, I believe that we all learned our first real Bible lesson on the march from Beersheba to Shirah, Wales. If such were our thirst for God, for righteousness and for his will in our lives, how rich in the fruit of the Spirit we would be. I'll say that one more time, what he wrote. If such were our thirst for God, for righteousness and for his will in our lives, how rich in the fruit of the Spirit we would be. And today's uh, readings complement the beatitude we're looking at in the series we've begun over the last month. Uh, and it's a tale of two churches. The first church in Acts 4 hungered and thirst for Christ and Christ alone in their lives. And they're reunited in that passion, in that hunger for um, God. Uh, and they shared their possessions, possessions. They found that what they owned was not something that they clung to. They realized it was their stewardship uh, and giving it to the glory of God. And the most important thing was that they preached the good news in this hunger and desire and yearning for God's justice. In contrast, we have the last church, which was named in Revelation, the Odyssea. And they thought they were rich. They thought they had it all sorted out, yet they were not. They were indifferent to God's kingdom and his word. It was like they were saying, God, you can come along if you want, but if you don't turn up, that's okay. We'll take it from here. And they were lukewarm to God's word and to his kingdom. What if St. Andrew's Church, Geordine, were given a list of our attributes? What would be a letter in the book of Revelation and in the series of letters to the churches? What would we find God telling us, speaking to us about some good things, maybe some discipline or rebuke to come along the way? What does the community uh, consider when they look are there signs in our attitude, our actions and behaviour that show that um, we really do thirst and hunger for God's justice and righteousness that can only come through Jesus Christ? And do we seek God's kingdom unconditionally? Do we hunger and thirst for Christ alone or do we seek a condition on condition with being blessed with possessions? Do we hunger for Christ alone or along with the conditional special status or along with personal satisfaction? The hunger and thirst for God's justice is a fourth beatitude and it is one which we call on to look towards Christ and Christ alone. So just as the previous three beatitudes uh, do the same thing, it's easy for us to view these beatitudes with a sort of a physical uh, human approach. Uh, we read them and we think, oh yeah, this is what it means in our human and the world situation. Um, 
we might look at it at how God may bring justice where there is obvious injustices today. Uh, consider the passion of William Wilberforce, uh, and you might know of his story from the movie Amazing Grace, where he um, was passionate about seeking the abolition of slavery in the United Kingdom. Standing up for injustice is important for the church to do, uh, but also today I want to remind us that that's a subset of what this beatitude speaks of. The beatitude speaks of a continuous longing for God's justice and righteousness to be revealed, uh, and that is making him Jesus known as a saviour, that salvation can only come through him. Last week I mentioned about this idea of we're living in the in-between days from when Jesus came, died on the cross and rose again so that we could all be saved and for the time when his kingdom comes in fullness where we have him return and all of humanity see him as saviour. It is a consuming hunger that cannot be filled until the kingdom of God comes in its fullness and we are brought into that glorification, that step where we see Jesus um, reign over everything. Consider uh, an example of this idea of, uh, of really hungering, thirsting and desiring God um, through the Bible story of the prodigal son. He is a young man who wants his riches then and there, his inheritance. He's looking at all the earthly possessions he could celebrate and use and enjoy life. He heads off into a foreign land and finds that they're not enough. Okay, they die out pretty quickly. And there he is left um, at a point where he's hungry for the pods and the scraps which he's having to feed the pigs. But it's only when he's really, really starving that his mind turns back to the father. And he longs and desires to be back in his father's house. Even as a servant, he realises that hunger there is for what is really important, what is really true. So the beatitude, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for justice, for they will be satisfied, has a twofold promise. There's one promise there for those who are seeking Jesus as their saviour for the first time. Those who aren't sure about who he is and they want to know more and they want to make a commitment. And there's also a promise there for those who have made that commitment. So let me go through just some things that you might see with, for those who are looking for salvation through Jesus Christ. First of all, they recognise that they are poor in spirit because they see their sin in their lives. That's like the first beatitude in the series that we've been looking at. They mourn for their wrongdoing and turn away from the sin. Okay, they truly are sorry and they want to get rid of those things which they've been uh, relying on in the past. In humility, they turn to God and repent. And then they hunger and thirst for God's righteousness to replace the sin and the self-righteousness which has been in their lives. And then that's where they find themselves justified through Christ. Okay, we, the only way we can gain salvation is 100% through justification of Jesus dying on the cross. And you might, uh, if you have been following the Romans series we are doing earlier in the year, then you might remember this list of nine instructions for killing sin, which John Owens wrote centuries ago. And as I looked through this, I saw the... Beatitudes coming through this, the four we've been looking at already. We diagnose sin severity. Okay? We see how poor in spirit we are because of sin in our lives. We uh, 
see the serious consequences. We are convinced and convicted of our guilt in that situation. So we repent. And then we have this idea of um, really longing to be delivered from all those things which tear us down. And it's the earnestly desiring deliverance which comes through Jesus Christ. So there's that list which we've come across in the series of Romans and it keeps coming through again uh, in the Beatitudes. We might also see um, this twofold promise in the sense of those who already are saved, those who know Jesus is their saviour already. Um, and it's the sense of that we know that we are to work out our salvation. Uh, so that's from Philippians chapter 2. I'll read a little bit. Dear friends, Work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. So some of the signs we see of those who are really hungering after God's justice, his salvation, is that we know we are justified in Christ. We know we long for more of God's justice and righteousness in our lives. This is a sanctification idea. So we are saved, justified through Jesus. We go on this journey, um, working out our salvation. It's a sanctification, trying to be more and more like Jesus. And then with the third step is where we have glorification, where Jesus returns and br or brings us home and we have eternal life. And so that's what satisfies us. The third point there will be filled we know we will be filled when we come to that day and receive glorification. Uh, and again, going back to Romans, I uh, had a little uh, slide there about transitioning to eternal glorification, this idea of deep-sea diving. As you go through working out salvation, there are certain things which are good to help you along that journey, such as reading God's word and praying regularly, um, putting on the full armour of God, if we're really longing for God's justice, God's righteousness, then let's obey his commandments and live as he calls us to. And that journey isn't just like a, a solo performance. It's a team sport. We are to look after one another, keep each other in our prayers, support one another as we go together and grow in perseverance each day. There are, I'm going to suggest five marks of genuine yearning for God's justice. One is a dissatisfaction with oneself. That's not a low self-esteem. That's more like, um, in contrast, the church of Laodicea, they, they said, we're fine. Look, we're rich. We've got everything we want. And yet they are poor. And so what they needed to consider is, poor in spirit, how do we recognize our reliance on Jesus? There's also another mark is the freedom from depending on worldly possessions and praise for satisfaction. So that's a wee bit like the first church. Uh, we're able to forget about all those worldly possessions. They used them to build God's kingdom. Uh, a few years ago, I was, um, I was in Timur at Domino's Pizzas, and I was there waiting for my order, and another guy, the youngest sort of guy, um, was talking to me, and he had it all. Uh, he was, I was delighted to hear of his story. He'd worked hard for 20 years, he'd invested in the right things, and at the age of 40, he was able to retire, buy whatever he wanted, do whatever he wanted, eat whatever he wanted. He was in Domino's Pizzas, which just goes to show how good they are. Uh, trust me, when, if I ever am rich enough to retire, um, I will still be going to Domino's Pizzas. All right. They supported us with mainly music too, so they're worthwhile doing that. Um, but as we got on to talking, I shared a couple of things about my own background. And I shared about the things which were really 
dear to me, things which money can't buy, things like family, things like my faith. And there was just, there was just this little crack in his smile behind all his uh, joy of having this and that. Something was missing. And I, I don't know where that guy is today, but I've really prayed he's found Jesus um, to recognize that that's the one possession he really, really wants and needs. Uh, third point, uh, there's a mark of genuine yearning for God's justice when we have a craving for more of the word of God. Jeremiah 15 verse 16 says, When I discovered your words, I devoured them. They are my joy and my heart's delight. And I can't help thinking about um, when I go to a show or a concert, maybe down to Dunedin where Grace has been performing and, and there's an interval in the middle. And you know what everyone does these days? Gets out their phones, Facebook, or messages. And, and that's what we fill our little lulls in, um, which is a good thing if, if there's lovely things and good things on Facebook and YouTube. But I wonder, what if in those little lulls and the conversations when we're sort of sitting there and thinking, oh, what we do now for the next 20 minutes while uh, we wait for the second half, what if we were to pull out God's word? And it could be on our phones. And reading it in those lulls. Uh, I, I didn't share this with the first service, but you guys will understand. I, I have some faults. Um, and sometimes I like blobbing out, you know, and, and of course that's what going through Facebook and that sort of thing can do. But sometimes, you know, a year or so back, when I was on blobbing out on a Friday night, I'd go onto YouTube and I'd, I'd listen to all the 80s music. How many people love the 80s music? Yeah, I look, I look. all right, we'll confess and, and pray for each other afterwards. Um, I'll do that, or, or sometimes more recently, um, sometimes I think I just need to blob out and I watch WWF wrestling. <laughs> just, just little hand there, don't put it way up. Anyone else watch a bit of WWF wrestling? Oh, yeah, okay, okay. They're all younger than me, that's okay. Um, and, and, you know, it's okay to watch wrestling because um, some of them are Christian, okay? You know, Hulk, Hulk Hogan, very Christian body slam as opponent, out for the three count, praise the Lord. Um, uh, you know, those things sometimes fill up our time when we want to just blob out. Um, and I have to challenge myself, and my, my family will check on me that I don't watch much wrestling this week, um, that in fact maybe I turn and, and just get the Bible out. Maybe not on the internet, maybe not on a digital copy, but actually get the book out. And just read it in those lulls, in those times when we're thinking, ah, oh, I need to blob out. Let's blob out with the God of, word of God. Uh, sorry. Uh, number four, uh, recognizing the pleasantness of all that comes from God, even the discipline and rebuke. That's what uh, we find in the seven letters to the churches in Revelation. Many of them had rebuke and discipline comments in them. And they could respond in two ways. They could think, oh, get all tense and ignore what God tells them. Or they could come, poor in spirit, mourning, ready to repent and say, Lord, forgive us when we've mucked up and let me look at how I can learn from this and grow again. And the fifth uh, mark of genuine and yearning is that unconditionality of longing for Christ and Christ alone, as I started with earlier on today. In what ways should we be hungering and thirsting even more for the kingdom of God. Does the community see us, this church, as stewards for God? 
placing his word first in our lives by our actions and attitudes to one another, so much that they start saying, hey, I want to be part of that too. Do we have a continual desire to seek God further so that we don't find we plateau out in our faith at times or sit satisfied at what we've gained or been able to do? Is our hunger and thirst for the kingdom of God seen in our prayers and our worship and our fellowship with one another? Will it be seen at the light party in a week's time? To finish off, there is still, even though we've talked about the spiritual aspects of these Beatitudes, there is still that physical aspect of it too. Um, we don't just ignore that. We look at the physical attributes of hungering and thirsting for God's justice in this world. And God even gives us some details on that. Um, he said it even in the Old Testament to the prophets. He says this, and I'll, I'll finish with this um, one verse from Micah. What does the Lord require of you? Well, he tells us this when we're looking for his righteousness. To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. Let's pray. Lord, I want to thank you for your love to us. Uh, Lord, we know we get it wrong. We know we sometimes just deviate from the hunger and thirst we should have of your love and your word. So Lord, I pray uh, this time, this period of time of the year when there are people who come along for Christmas services, for the light party, uh, for the Jewelling Festival, we have different things here too. I really ask that you would bless us with your Holy Spirit that we would show this real hunger of your justice, of your salvation, that it would be evident to others, that they'll say, I want to know about Jesus too. And Lord, I pray in this community that your justice, your righteousness, your love for each one is made known. In Jesus' name, amen.